joy that you have given us as a gift to teach us about your love for us and in this Christmas season, how we can open that gift again through our relationship with him. We ask this in his name. Amen. It was decided. He'd finally made his decision. After a few weeks of what had seemed like the best time in his life, the last few weeks had unexpectedly become the worst. Surprisingly, not only was he at peace with the decision that he had made, but having made it, he felt joy, which made no logical sense because the decision scared him half to death. And yet, though his decision went against every common sense bone in his body, he felt oddly free from the tension and the anxiety that had been plaguing his waking hours and had been haunting him in his dreams ever since he'd heard the news. He knew that his family wasn't going to like it. He knew that his friends were going to think he was foolish or even crazy. For all he knew, he might even be throwing his entire life away. But he'd made his decision. Joseph was getting married. Originally, that was supposed to have been the good news. Young and he thought in love, he and Mary had gotten engaged a few months ago, or betrothed as they thought of it in their culture which meant that they were already considered husband and wife by legal standards, and they were supposed to have spent this next year preparing for a new life together. But shortly after their engagement, Mary disappeared. Her parents said that she had gone off for an extended visit with relatives. But Joseph could just sense that something wasn't right. The longer she was gone, the more his imagination began to get the better of him, and the more he began to worry. Was Mary getting cold feet? Had she thought that the engagement was a mistake? Maybe she had found somebody else. Was she wanting to back out of the wedding? When she finally came back after several months away, it turned out to be even worse than Joseph ever could have imagined. Mary was pregnant with somebody else's kid. And she still wanted to get married. And thus Joseph had a big decision to make. And the Bible tells us, this is how the birth of Messiah came about. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, the Bible says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Well, wouldn't any man who had a a brain in his head kind of go that same direction? Life doesn't always turn out the way we hope or dream, does it? Joseph was caught in a dilemma. What was he going to do? What had seemed to be the best time in his life had quickly taken a turn for the worst, and now he had to choose between what seemed to be two equally unappealing choices. 
Joseph could only assume that Mary had been unfaithful. What had she been doing those four months away at Zach and Beth's house? In fact, he likely reminded himself in his darker moments that not only could he divorce her, but legally he could have her stoned to death. Yet that would be a public spectacle, and that wasn't really his heart anyway. Joseph really cared about Mary. He, he had wanted to marry her, and so he did the best that he could to try and create a win-win situation, and he decided that he'd try and divorce her quietly and just be done with it and move on with his life. But then the story goes on, and in verse 20, it picks up. And it says, After he had considered this, divorcing her quietly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Into Joseph's dilemma, where there are no seemingly good choices, and his life appears to be falling apart, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream, announcing the good news, apparently, that this child that Mary was carrying was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The command that the angel comes with is a familiar uh, address that we see in the Bible. He comes and he says, do not be afraid, Joseph. Son of David, do not fear the consequences and the potential stigma that impact might impact your life by following through on what God is asking you to do. Sure, your family might not get it. Your friends might laugh at you behind your back and ridicule you. You might be throwing your business away because your society might shun you and think that you're just out of your mind. But God's saying to Joseph, Joseph, I am with you. And I need you to do this because that child that Mary is carrying is my message, not only to you, but to the whole world, that I am with you. So Joseph gets to play the role of stepfather to Jesus. Now you can imagine there's no manual for how to raise a Messiah. Joseph is asked to love Mary in spite of everything that's happened, to accept Mary and to believe what she's told him, that this child is somehow miraculously from God. Joseph is asked by God to marry Mary. In spite of his fears and the potential stigma that would be attached to him, Jesus' miraculous conception is through the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's willingness to trust in God prepares the way for our understanding in this age and in our day that the Holy Spirit has been sent by God to do God's work on the stage of human history in your life and in my life and all around the world. 
Jesus, Messiah, is God incarnate, God in the flesh. God come to be with you and to be with me in the midst of our turmoil and our chaos and the difficult situations and decisions that we have to make every day. The name Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, means Yahweh saves. For he will save their people from their sins, the angel told Joseph, fulfilling a prophecy that came 700 years before in Isaiah chapter 7. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we may never experience such dramatic appearances of angels and, and, and the Spirit coming upon us, giving us miraculous children, right? And yet, which one of us has not been in a difficult situation like Joseph where we had to make a choice between two seemingly equal, undesirable options? Each of us will encounter circumstances that are unexpected, that ask us to take risks, to step out of our comfort zone, to to act on behalf of someone else's needs rather than our, our own needs or our own reputation or our own comfort. And we now have the privilege, like Joseph, to have the Holy Spirit in our lives too, in our friendships, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces. What tensions are you experiencing this Christmas season in your life? What dilemmas are you facing that you need the Holy Spirit to show up and say, don't be afraid, because God is with you. What are the often difficult dilemmas that we find ourselves in by our own relationships and our work and our children, our finances, sometimes even the moral decisions that we fail to make day in and day out? Where do we find God in the midst of life's challenging circumstances? You see, what we can learn from Joseph, I'd like to suggest, is that when we respond to the call of the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we step out to follow God, to put our trust in Him, even when it doesn't make any sense, even when we can't imagine that God can make a way forward in the midst of a, of a difficult circumstances, others may not understand your decision. Other people might not approve the choice that you make to try and do the right thing. Because the world around you will tell you that's just dumb. You need to look out for number one. You need to look out for your own comfort. You need to make sure that you're protecting yourself. You shouldn't marry, marry Joseph. She's done you wrong. You need to put her aside and move on with your life. And yet God comes and says, there's a whole other plan that you have no idea about. And if you trust me, You will not only see my plan fulfilled for you and for Mary and for your family, but you will be a part of the blessing that I'm bringing to the whole world around you. Sometimes in order to do the right thing, we are asked by God to do things that we may never have considered doing before. Things that demonstrate God's love to other people and not our own common sense decisions to do the right thing for us. I mean, that's really ultimately what Jesus did, isn't it? If you remember uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians where he said Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead he, he let go of all of that and he humbled himself and he came to earth as this little baby at Christmas time so that he could give his life as a servant for us. 
And this took place, Matthew tells us, to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet Isaiah 700 years before. And what we see in Joseph's life and in Mary's life and hopefully in your life and in my life today and in this Christmas season, when Jesus arrives, everything changes. When Jesus arrives, everything changes. We gain a new perspective and a new understanding of who we are in this world and where God is at work in our lives. The fact that this child is from the Holy Spirit requires that Joseph puts his trust completely in God beyond a shadow of a doubt that what he says is true. And everything changes because when Jesus comes, he is God with us. He is Emmanuel. When God showed up in Joseph's life, you can only imagine that Joseph was a changed man. And what we see is that Joseph was able to model God's love to Mary. And he was able to model God's love to Jesus. And he is modeling God's love to you and to me again this Christmas season. Having made his decision, having trusted God and putting his trust in his word, Joseph and Mary were able to embark upon what must have been the most amazing adventure of their lives. Now, it may not have made any worldly sense at the time, and I'm sure it wasn't easy. But I believe there must have been a deep sense of peace and great joy that they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the power of God's Spirit was at work in their lives. And that, the Bible tells us, is the true source of joy for you and for me again this Christmas season. Putting our trust in the Savior of the world through the power of His Spirit who is with us even now. This Christmas, the gift of God's joy can be yours and can be mine through the presence and the power of His Spirit. It's a gift for you. It's a gift for me, just as it was a gift to Joseph and Mary all those years ago. And it's a relationship with His Son, Jesus, which all we have to do is open our hearts and receive. Go ahead this Christmas season and open it. Would you pray with me? God, we ask again for the power of your spirit to be present in the midst of what are often very difficult and confusing circumstances in our lives. God, I know that many of us in this room today are struggling with just those kinds of dilemmas. And we need your word today to remind us that you are with us and that we can put our trust in you. Because Jesus not only came and was born into the world, but gave his life on the cross. And because you raised him to life again, we have the power of his spirit in our lives to help us to navigate every dilemma, to overcome every obstacle as we follow you as our Lord and our Savior. We thank you and ask that you would give us your joy again in this season. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate it. Great word. We are blessed with so many uh, generous and